0: of the Lord. I, I'm closing this series tonight on, uh, on motivation, motivated for life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut this series down tonight. We're going to do one more series, one more lesson on it tonight. And I've enjoyed it. I just, I just, one day I was just walking around. I said, I need to talk about being motivated. I want to motivate somebody. And God began to drop things into my spirit. And so we talked about Jeremiah. You know that the first week we talked about a man that never had a convert. Was put in a put in a miry pit, didn't have anybody saying amen to his preaching. And yet he was one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Because he knew that God knew him before he ever was created. And he knew that God had set him apart. And he knew that God had a purpose in his life. And so he could be motivated. That that'll motivate you when you know that God's got his hand on you. And then the next week we talked about we're not going to be motivated by fear. We're not going to be motivated by money. We're not going to be motivated by man's applause. But we're going to be motivated by the love of God. There's no greater motivation than the love of God. When you love, when you love, there's nothing greater than love. And then last week we talked about the rebuilding of the house of God, the rebuilding of the temple. in Haggai, the book of Haggai, the prophet said, how do you see it now how do you see it now in other words do you still see the house as it was or do you see the house as it is and we can't live in yesterday we have to live in today we must live in today we must live in today so we talked about how we saw ourselves, how we saw the world and how we see our God and now tonight I'm going to conclude this with what I call the grasshopper mentality now you already know what I'm going to preach but you really don't know what I'm going to preach I know when I introduce the grasshopper mentality, you know I'm going to go to the spies and ten spies that said we're grasshoppers and two said we can come. But stay with me tonight because I've got something to share with you, okay? We're going to share it with you. Now, after this is over tonight, we have bluebell ice cream for you. <laughs> on the porch, on the porch with bluebell ice cream. And it's going to be the neatest night because we're going to get you that are already chubby, a little chubbier. And you that need to gain some weight, we're going to give you four, five, six of them. All right, all right. Everybody happy about that? Now listen to me. Saturday morning. Saturday morning, we're having a uh, a men's prayer breakfast here, and I have a speaker coming that I have kept on the QT simply because I don't want you to come because of the speaker. I want you to come because we're going to have a great meal on Sunday and great fellowship. Tim Fred Lucos cooking breakfast for us, and nobody can cook it like Tim. Fred Luco, and we're going to have a great meal, and if you don't have the $5, dear Jesus, I'll give you $5, but I want you to be here, especially I would love to see a lot of young men here, because the man that's coming is an entrepreneur ex- par excellence, and I think that he can shed some light, in fact, I'm, I'm doing my best to get him to start a little class, perhaps as part of a Bible study, on entrepreneurship to teach our young men the, the 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 joy of an entrepreneur and how to be an entrepreneur and be a Christian and he's going to be that kind of person to you so you need to be here Saturday you really really do it's going to be a great day and it's pre-father's day whether you're a father or not is for men it's not a father's day breakfast it's a men's breakfast 830 so please go by and sign up and if you if you want to bring a buddy bring them we'll have plenty If we run out we'll just have Tim make some more he can make gravy just that quick all right So we'll have Tim make some more. Everybody say the grasshopper mentality. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk about that tonight, the grasshopper mentality. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 26 through 33, and we're going to do the NIV versions, and here it goes. All right. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh. Now, Kadesh is where they encompassed that mountain for 38 years. They walked around Kadesh, Barnea for 38 years in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here it is, fruit. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak. That's giants there. And the Amalekites live in Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. They knew where everybody lived. They knew where all the problems were. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said... The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. (laughs) And we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the uh, Nephilim. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. I guess they asked them, how do we look to (laughs) y'all? And I'm sure the giant said, you look like grasshoppers. We was thinking that ourselves. I don't think they asked them. I think when you get a complex of not being who God wants you to see you are, you begin to think that everybody sees you the way you see yourself. I will declare to you that the world is scared to death that the church is going to explode one of these days and have revival. Hell is scared out of his shoes because he thinks if we ever get anointed and appointed and redeemed and touched by the presence of God that there's nothing he can do to stop us. We will absolutely rain terror on his parade, and we will absolutely do great things and mighty things and noble things in the kingdom of God. Everybody say the grasshopper mentality. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Roger and Rose Rampier are here tonight. There they are. Roger, Rose, wave your hand right there. They're, they're ministers. They live way out, way out, way out. They used to drive about 65 miles to church, and then they started... Uh, helping in in churches out there, and both of them are ministers, and I think that's so neat. But 20 years ago today in this church, I married these folks. And they're here to celebrate their anniversary tonight. (laughs) That's pretty neat, isn't it? That's pretty neat. Now, don't sit down too easy because I'm not going to be lengthy, all right? Don't sit too easy. I'm not going to be lengthy. Everybody say Father's Day. Day. That's Sunday. Dad, we got something for you Sunday that's going to blow your mind. You need to be here Sunday, Dad. And I, I promise you that every man will want what we're giving to Dad Sunday. And we run out of, if we don't run out, we're going to give every man one of these. But it is absolutely one of the neatest things we've ever found to give Dad on Father's Day. So show up because you don't, you, if you don't show up, you don't get it. <laughs> I'm going to take your portion, all right? All right. In his book, Master Planning, Bob Beale tells about a conversation he had with a man who trains animals for Hollywood movies. He asked him, How is it you can stake down a 10-ton elephant with the same size stake that you use to restrain the baby elephant? It's easy, said the trainer. When they're babies, we stake them down. And they try to tug away from the stake countless times before they realize they can never get away. And at that point, the elephant memory takes over. And for the remainder of their lives, they remain convinced that they'll never be able to get away from the stake. And like elephants, human beings many times have long memories. Often when we are young, you know what I'm talking about. Some unthinking, insensitive person makes a negative statement about you or me and we happen to hear it. And maybe they say, he's not as smart as the other children. Or she always makes a mess of things. Or her personality or disposition is terrible. Or he has very little leadership authority. And often at these moments, the mental stake... Is driven into the ground of our subconscious. And years later, when we're adults, the mental stake is driven and and, and holds us fast to a point where we can never get back to the point of saying that we can do all things. Most of our limitations are self-imposed. Say amen to that. During our childhood years, we often pick up unrealistic fears and unreasonable insecurities. And by the time we reach adulthood, we may have little self-confidence and a whole lot of intrepidations in our life in a recent poll taken by americans in their 20s this question was asked what's the basic feeling you have about life and 60 percent said fear now i know they make t-shirts that say no fear they make t-shirts that say fear nothing but i promise you that it's just a t-shirt underneath that t-shirt is probably somebody that fears everything and it's about anything because we live in a world that's driven by fear the movie industry drives us by fear, and, 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 and different things in life drive us by fear. That surprising data confirms my suspicion that the level of fear and anxiety runs high in America, even in the time of great prosperity. Most people define themselves either by their problems or by their possibilities. You either define yourself by your problems or possibilities. Fearful people wake up each morning and lo- they can't locate themselves on a problem chart. People of faith, on the other hand, wake up and consult their possibility chart. There's a great difference in a problem chart and a possibility chart. God wants every believer to be confident. God wants every believer to be positive. God wants every believer to be victorious. There are certain Bible verses that we Christians ought to memorize, and one of them is Philippians 4 and 13. Let's say it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My question is, do you believe that tonight? Do you really believe that tonight? Can I motivate you to a point where you believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? In the book of Numbers, there's a stark difference, folks, between the fearful and faithful people. Let me set the scene for you. It's about 1400 B.C., a tribe of 600,000 Israelites have been migrating for about 40 years from Egypt to Canaan. And when they approached the border of the land of promise, Moses, the leader, responding to a command from God, sent 12 spies into Canaan to check out the land and people. After 40 days, the spies returned. And they were unanimous in reporting that the land was rich and the land was productive. But beyond that, the spies disagreed. Ten of them, led by a man named Shua, you probably never will remember that name, reported that the people of Canaan were huge giants. And they lived in 45 cities. And these spies concluded that the Israelites were not able to overcome them. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, you'll never forget them, said, let us enter Canaan at once. We're able to overcome it. The Lord is with us. Do not fear the, the people of the land or do not fear the land which we're going into. But the ten spies disagreed violently. And they started naming the kinds of people that were there. And so, for the next little while, I'm just going to name these things, okay? I'm going to name these things. And then I'm going to come back and talk about these things to you a little bit later. Because they said the, Hiv- the Hittites are there. If you look at the word Hittites and its basic meaning, Hittites mean terror or a spirit of fear. The Hittites, the spirit of fear, terror is there. Fear is a dread of losing something. Amen. It's your precious life, your things, your reputation, maybe your relationship, your money. Fear drives people to do crazy things. The second kind of people that were there were the Hivites. The Hivites, the spirit of, it means the spirit of compromise and the spirit of deception. The only thing that's worse than lying is to live a lie and believe that it's the truth. Paul, uh, uh, the David said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight... Is in the law of the Lord and on his law does he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season whose leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper and also who was there was the parasites? the parasites were there that is simply in the base term a spirit of immorality sex is God's idea it was never intended to be perverted it was never intended to be dirty It was never intended to be used as a means to get satisfaction or to be bought or sold. And our senses are bombarded daily in this area. But I will declare tonight in the name of the Lord, spirit of immorality, be bound in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say fear. Fear. Everybody say compromise and deception. Amen. Everybody say immorality. And then the fourth kind of people that were there were the Canaanites. Now stay with me. That in its base form, means a spirit of materialism. Materialism. Materialism is not materialistic. It can impact rich folks and the poor folks. It really, really can. So we're not talking about it's not materialistic. It's materialism. Now, I want to I I say this to you. Then you can say in your heart, "My power and the, By the power and the might of my hand have I gained me this wealth, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers, as it is in this day. Stay with me. The fifth group that were there were the gergesites g-i-r-g-a-s-h-i-t-e-s that is a spirit of double-mindedness now why are you saying all this for pastor i'm just giving you the base terms of these people that were in canaan this is why shua and the ten spies said we cannot take that land we cannot the spirits that are there the men that are there the giants that are there are greater than us and we cannot we're grasshoppers to them and hell brings these people to mind even in the 21st century because it's a meaning of the names that is important. Double-mindedness. Then the Amorites were there. That's a spirit of pride. Then the Jebusites were there, which is a spirit of depression. So there's seven kinds of people in the land of Canaan. Are you with me now? And, and the, the people, ten of the spies, said, We cannot take that land. We cannot take it. And so even today, somebody said, well, you know what? I don't know what's keeping us from going into the land of promise. What's stopping us? I'll tell you what's stopping us. A spirit of depression that we can't get rid of. A spirit of pride that holds us back. A spirit of double-mindedness, don't know what we want to believe, whether we want to get in or get out. A spirit of materialism. A spirit of immorality. A spirit of compromise and deception and a spirit of fear. And I'm here to tell you tonight. I don't care if there's seven of them, seven is the number of God. But I want to tell you this, there is no spirit, there is no power that is greater than the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not talking about individuals, we're not talking about tribes of people, we're talking about spirits that want to keep us out. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to motivate this congregation tonight to say there's no immorality. There's no fear. There's no deception. There's no compromise. There's not any form of weapon formed against me that shall prosper because God's going to let us through our high praise bring down those things that want to hold us back. Amen. Now, now stay with me because I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Compared to those giants, Shua said in the ten spies, we seem to ourselves to be grasshoppers compared to those people and what they represented and who they were. That's the way we appeared to them. That comment is quite revealing because the grasshopper mentality always begins with the low estimate of ourselves. And those big people in Canaan did not say to the spies, hey, you little fellows, you look like grasshoppers to us. But because they felt like they were, then they thought everybody saw them that way. And yet, I think it's so important to go back to the book of Exodus and read about the Pharaoh that was in power when Israel got deliverance from Egypt. Because this Pharaoh said, The people of Israel are mightier than we are. And if they join with any force in their world, they will defeat us. So what we have to do is put taskmasters on them And make them feel like that they're servants to us because they outnumber us, they're greater than us, they're smarter than us, and they can walk out anytime they want to. See, hell tries to sell you a mind job. Hell tries to sell you this mind sale that says you can never achieve what God wants you to achieve in life. But I'm coming to you tonight to tell you, you can get up out of your situation. You can step up to another level of living. You don't have to stay where God brought you in. He might have brought you in on the ground floor, but there is a second floor in this building. There is a third floor in this kingdom. You can keep climbing the ladder of Almighty God. Jacob had a ladder, and God still has a ladder. And you can climb and go higher and higher in God and see success in your life because God don't want you to stay where he found you. He wants you to get better and come on in to the land a promise amen amen i love the story about the texan who was being shown around a vast ranch in australia the texan proud texan refused to be impressed believing that everything back home in texas was bigger and better texan said to his host the whole spread here would be just a teeny little corner of my place back home when he was shown a huge herd of cattle he said that's nice but it's just a fraction of my herd back home But just then a kangaroo came up behind the Texan and bounded by. And the Texan was startled and said, What in the tarnation is that? And the Australian said, You don't have grasshoppers out there in Texas? (laughs) A grasshopper, even a big one, is still a grasshopper. And we feel like one when our fears and our problems Dominate our thinking. I said to you Sunday, and I'm going to say it again tonight. You cannot think of two things at the same time. One is going to overpower the other. And if you have a negative thought coming into your process, you need to start thinking positively immediately. You don't need to think negative. If you miss church and you say, well, there's no need to go back because nobody called me. Nobody checked on me while I was out of church. Don't dwell on that. Don't dwell on that. The very fact that you're feeling that lets, lets you know that hell's trying to discourage and dissuade you from being what God wants you to be. What I would do is I'd get up and call somebody and say, Did y'all miss me? Right. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go on vacation in a couple, three or four, five more, six or more days, seven more days. I'm going to go on vacation, and I'm liable to call y'all and say, Y'all missing me? I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get on my vacation and feel like that. I'm lost, and I'm going to hell, and because I didn't make it back to church, and because I'm on a little vacation, everything's going under. When those negative thoughts start coming in, you've got to replace them with something positive in your heart and in your mind. I'm telling you, God wants you to to think right. He wants you to think proper. He wants you to think that all things are possible because He is God in your life. Come on, get your mind on good things. Get your mind out of the gutter and get it on the blessings of God and watch God do great things in your life. Watch God work great things in your life because he wants to motivate you to go into a land that flows with milk and honey. Many years ago, legendary coach Newt Rotney, coach of Notre Dame, they were playing a critical game against Southern Cal. And during the week before the game, it was going to be a home game for the Fighting Irish. And during the, during the week, Rodney recruited every big brawny student in the entire student body. He recruited the biggest guys he could to suit up for the particular game. Not to play, but just to sit, just to run onto the field with the team and to sit on the bench. And the day of the game, Southern Cal came out on the field first because of visiting team's do. And then the very last minute, here comes Notre Dame, 150 of the biggest guys came rumbling out on the field. And Southern Cal stopped their warm-ups to see and stare at these green giants. Newt Rodney had psyched them out. And though the University of Southern California coach told his team that only 11 men could play at one time, the damage had been done. And USC lost, were destroyed, not because Notre Dame was better, but because Southern Cal had been intimidated. I want to say to you, when your fears are large, and you doubt the sufficiency of your primary resource, you're a grasshopper for sure. When your fears are large and you doubt the sufficiency of your primary resource, you're a grasshopper for sure. Oh, I wish I could go crazy right now. I want to. God is bigger than all your mountains. It's bigger than all your fears. It's bigger than all your problems. The way to overcome the grasshopper mentality is remember three things. Number one, who you are. Number one, who you are. So who are you? You're a precious creation of the Almighty God. Pastor, you're saying the same thing just about every week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that old preacher back in West Texas. Somebody said, Preacher, are you ever going to change subject? He said, Yeah, when you start doing the first thing I said, I'll change subject. (laughs) He preached the same thing every night for five nights in a revival. And they said, Preacher, you're going to change subjects. He said, When you all start doing the first thing I ask you to do. So I want to tell you one more time, whose are you tonight? Who's are you? I know there's a saying in the world, who's your daddy? I'm asking you right now, who's your daddy? Who's are you tonight? Who are you tonight? Who are you? You are a creation of the Almighty God. The second thing you need to know is whose are you? If you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are an adopted child of God. You've been ransomed by the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been purchased by His blood you've been bought by his name and you belong to him and you're not in hell's camp any longer and it does not matter if hell barks at you he's on a leash he has limited power he cannot take what God has blessed you with he cannot curse what God has blessed you hang in there you lift your head you rejoice every morning because not only who you are but whose you are you belong to him you really do. You really do. And the third thing you've got to understand is where your power comes from. It comes from the Holy Ghost. Woo, I love Holy Ghost power. Ain't no power like the Holy Ghost power. Ain't no spirit like the Holy Ghost spirit. Ain't no, there's none. There's none. Woo, there ain't nothing like it. My, 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 my. I was raised, folks, I was raised in old-fashioned Holy Ghost. You know, when you're born in the fire, you can't survive in the smoke. And every now and then, I just have to just kind of kick up my heels and say, Thank God I had a foundation. I had a foundation. You know, there's people that are come to this church that are walking in our doors that are so tired of just dead church. And there's, we're, not tr- we're not trying to hype people here. That worship tonight wasn't hyped. It was just worship. It was just praise and worship. And you folks are hungry for more of it. And there's no need for a church to be dead, dry, and boring. There's no need for church to be something that's just, oh, God, we've got to endure an hour of this tonight. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. It's a joy to feel the presence of the Lord. It's a joy to be healed by God. It's a joy to worship Him. It's a joy to know that His presence is filling this house. It's a joy to know that all things are under His feet. It's a joy to know that he's victorious over death, hell, and the grave. It's a joy to know that. It's a joy to know that. It's a joy to know that. you got to get past that spirit of intimidation and doubt and grasshopper mindset. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind or self-control. He gave us that gave us that wow okay what you going to give me God okay I'm going to take fear away I'm going to give you a spirit of power I'm going to give you a spirit of love I'm going to give you a spirit of a sound mind wow and sound minded people think of the goodness of the Lord we used to sing a song musicians probably couldn't play this either When I think of the goodness of Jesus, y'all know it, and all he has done for me, my soul cries out. to be sung again when i think of the goodness of jesus sing it and all he has done for me my soul cries out hallelujah 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 what's wrong the record stuck hallelujah praise god For saving me. (laughs) If you have no resources other than your own, then you're a grasshopper. But when you know who you are, when you know whose you are, when you know where the power comes from, it doesn't make you Superman or Superwoman. But it's time to tell yourself that I belong to something greater than myself. And I can possess a land that wants to depress me. I can possess a land that has enemies there that want me to be double-minded. I can possess a land that has people there and, 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 and spirits there that want me to have a spirit of fear. I can possess a land, I really, really can, that I can walk into and be a moral person and not fall to the spirit of immorality. I can live. I can live in a land of promise. I'm not going to be defeated by the giants and by the people that are there, the ites that are in that land. I'm not going to be defeated by them. I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to say this is what God wants in my life. Amen? Amen. Say praise the Lord. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. I want to ask you something now tonight and I'm going to close because we got something real good for you tonight. I want to ask you tonight in the last night of this challenge of motivation. Do you think that perhaps God may be wanting you to start a different vocation, maybe enter a graduate school, perhaps start a new business? I know this sounds crazy, but maybe adopt a child, run for public office. Go on a missions trip. I just wrote a bunch of stuff down. Start or teach a Sunday school class. Join the choir. Get involved in the church in a unique way. Do you think God might want you to do that? Or do you think that God just likes you just like you are? Just sitting here listening to pastor and smiling and saying, Hallelujah, praise God for saving me. (laughs) Do you think that God would like for you to maybe go to another level? Do you think that this summer could be a time where you could commit yourself to God in a greater fashion? Do you think that you think a new bold idea might be placed in your heart and you could pray about it, ask a few trusted friends about it, gather around and say, pray with me over this? Because we understand that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. I was having lunch the other day with a particular person and they're in the building here tonight. And that particular person said, Pastor, it's happening in my world. Things are happening in my life. Things are coming together in my life. I love to sit with people that have dreams about tomorrow, that have understandings and dreams that God is doing something great in their life. It doesn't mean that you need to go to Africa or you need to go maybe to Honduras or you maybe need to go to Haiti or something. I'm not talking about that, but I I love those mission trips, and I love the fact that we can send people on those trips. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking your life to another level. I'm talking about taking your life to another level. When I came to this church some 23 years ago, I, I, I I I had never served a church that I felt that God had me so much in the will of God. I had never been in a place that I felt so dramatically right in the middle of the will of God. I knew the focus. I knew what God wanted to do with this church. I knew what God wanted to do with my life because I was hurting. My life had been broken. The church here had been broken, and we healed together, and God healed us. And there's been some of the greatest healing miracles that we've ever witnessed right here at Christian Life Church. I was with somebody just a couple of evenings ago and we talked about it. What a miracle! What a miracle has happened in this church. The healing bomb, the forgiveness bomb that has flowed in this church. But God's not finished with us. God's not finished with us. He's not finished with us, He's not done with us. God has more for us to have. God has more for us to encounter. God has more for us to do. God has more for us to build. God has more for us to go forward in. If you think that I am old, think again, baby. Think again, baby. I may not have hair, but I promise you I got a 35-year-old brain working here right now. And God Almighty has got something greater for this church than we could ever imagine. And I'm not going to shrink back from it. I'm not going to shrink back from it. And I'm going to be bold and tell you if we sell this church and move to another location, it's going to be the will of God. If we do whatever God wants us to do, we're going to walk in God. We have a board of directors, and we're going to get direction. But I'm, I'm just throwing out to you right now that God does not want us to stay the way we are. He's done too much for us. He's healed us too many times. He's given us too many converts. He's blessed us too many occasions. He's baptized us with too many people. He's blessed us with too many miracles in this house. And we're not finished yet. You hear me? So why don't you get your walking shoes on? Why don't you get your faith shoes on? And let's go forward. Let's do something. Let's possess a land. Let's possess a land that people said we can't possess. Let's do some things that people said that church will never be able to do. Let's go ahead and step out and see what God can do for us in 2013 right here in Austin, Texas. Let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it. Somebody said, oh, God, he's going to put us in debt. Well, if I do, the Antichrist will get the debt someday. We're not worried about that. We're not worried about that. Can you imagine this, folks? Listen to me. Can you imagine this? That this church appraised. Are you ready for this? This church appraised. This church appraised for, hang on just a minute, 10 times more than what it cost us to build this church. Some of you don't believe that. See, you got that (laughs) When we got the appraisal of this property, Josh and Mitch and myself and Brad all had a tongue-talking experience. I don't know if it's the Holy Ghost or not, it don't matter. We just started blabbering. Just, oh my, praise God, hallelujah. If I told you what we built this church for and now what it's a praise for, it'd blow your mind. You know what God is doing? He's saying, I'm setting you up. I'm setting you up. I got something so big for your future. I got something so grand for your future. I don't want you sitting here and just saying, wow, we're growing. Our appraisal value is getting more and more. Hallelujah, glory to God! That ain't what God's got us here for. God's got us here because He wants us to go to another level of living. He wants us to go to another level of existence. He wants this church to absolutely step up because years ago there was a prophecy that said that this church would be the lighthouse of South Austin, and I believe with all my heart that it's still going to and is the lighthouse of South Austin. It is a healing center. It's a place where people come and are healed. It's a place where people come and are delivered. Come on, let me preach. It's a place where people come and are set free. It's a place where people come and are unbounded. It's a place where people come and have the Holy Ghost touch them. It's a place where people come and are baptized in water in the name of the Lord. It's a place where people come and are delivered. And I refuse to be satisfied with just church on wednesday night and on sunday come on let's step into it let's go forward let's see what god will do let's see what god will accomplish if we'll just put our trust in him because all things are possible with god with god pastor don't wake us up too much we don't want to be waking too much we don't want to be awakened too much because just a little bit but not a lot we don't want that much of an awakening. Just a little bit. Just, just kind of nudge us and tell us the alarm's going off. Let us hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. No, 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 no. No, no, no. When you look at what God has done and accomplished, God has been good to us. He has been good to us. And I needed, I needed to preach like this. Now, this is not in my notes. This is in my heart. I need to preach like this tonight. I need to preach like this tonight. I was walking out of the building the other day and somebody said, you got the bid on that, on that property, on that uh, parking lot yet? And I said, no. He said, when you do, tell me. God's got people ready to bless us and to bless this church because this church has never been a social order. It's always been a soul-saving station. And, yeah, we believe in having social fun and having great fun. And we're going to have fun in a minute getting fatter on bluebells. But that's not the point. The point of the whole thing is that we need good fellowship and we need, we need things like that. But this church is about precision and doing what God wants us to be and being what God wants us to be. And I believe if we, if we built a church in the middle, in the middle of nowhere, I really believe this, and never advertised it, people would find us. Because there's something about a church that has the power of God flowing in it people have come a long way to worship in that church come on clap your hands all over the house it's time it's time it's time it's time it's time time. time. everybody say spirit of fear i rebuke you i bind you in jesus name everybody say spirit of compromise I i bind you in jesus name everybody say spirit of immorality i bind you in jesus name Everybody say, spirit of materialism. I bind you in Jesus' name. Everybody say, spirit of double-mindedness. I bind you in Jesus' name. Everybody say, spirit of pride. Get out. I bind you in Jesus' name. Everybody say, spirit of depression. Woo, get out of here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There is nothing can stop this church from moving into the promises and the plan of Almighty God that He has for us even in the summer of 2013. Clap your hands all over the house and rejoice right now. And rejoice right now. And rejoice right now. Amen. There was a Zig Ziglar tells a story, and I'm closing. Zig Ziglar tells a story about a balloon salesman that was blowing balloons up for kids one day, some helium balloons, and he blew up a black one and it went up. He blew up a white one and it went up. He blew up a green one and it went up. And he blew up a yellow one and it went up. And he blew up an orange one and it went up. And a little old boy, a little old boy came up to him. And uh, he was visiting town and his family had come from a reservation. A little Indian boy. And he walked up to him and he said, Sir, do you have a red one? He said, yeah, I do, son. Let me find you a red one. So he pulled out a red one, and he said, if you blow it up, will it, will it lift up too? Will it, will it soar? He said, yeah. Then he looked at him, and he, son, he said, son, it's not the color on the outside of the balloon that matters. It's what's inside the balloon that matters. The little Indian boy went back to his reservation that day so excited because because a red one would fly just like the rest of them i tell you something I'll tell you something you don't have to sit and envy people in this church any longer God has a plan for you he has a purpose for you I want to motivate you. I want to motivate you to be the best that God wants you to be. Might as well just go ahead and win the race, huh? Might as well just go ahead and win the race. Just go ahead and win it. Because we're in it to win it. And we're going to win in Jesus' name. I rebuke every spirit that. your neighbor and say the lord's good i love the lord he's good to us and that concludes today's podcast thanks again for listening